All right, welcome back to Limpet Coaching Podcast. Today we want to get into a super practical episode for you guys, talking about how to plate your food. It's a really common need for all of us. Not a common question, but it's a common need that we really want to get out there. We feel like we need to talk about this today. So let's jump in. All right, I'm here with Matt Donovan. I'm excited to get in on this. This is something that is a fun thing to teach our clients as we work with them in online nutrition coaching. Um, and so, plating your food—it's a—it's uh, an art. It's a—it's uh, a little bit of a science. It's fun to uh, learn how to do it because once you learn how to do it, then the sky's the limit for how much variety you add to it. What kind of questions have ever come up in your mind whenever you're trying to put food on your plate or what temptations even come up, Matt? I think uh, a lot of times for me, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is like how the food is set up, right? This Mm -hmm. is what's made. This is, it's right here. Let's go down the line. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not really necessarily thinking about it. It's just like a quick, okay, like that's the way it is. That's the way I'll put it on there. Mm -hmm. And there's no thought process other than that. And so I just kind of don't have not prioritizing things at all. It's just kind of going with the flow with whatever's there. Yeah. So really yeah. easy just to, um, yeah, make simple mistakes or simple, like, um, yeah, just not getting the right amount of macronutrients necessarily doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I even just think back to my own childhood whenever, uh, like my mom would make the huge pot of spaghetti, you know, or like, so you had the spaghetti sauce and you have the pasta and separate things. And, uh, I'm just like putting the pasta on there and, you know, whenever you're doing that, you're like, Oh, maybe a little more. And yeah. And then you end up with this mountain of pasta and then uh, you put the spaghetti sauce on top of it. And, uh, it wasn't until later in life when I actually, you know, went through all the education and really dug into this more, really wanted to learn it, not for just my own sake, but also for client's sake, really learning how to plate my food. So whenever I actually got way leaner it really helped me um manage my nutrition better and to the point where it became such a habit now i don't even have to think about it that much it just happens automatically i can understand when i got too much of this or too much of that or whenever this much of a certain thing is going to make me feel super full and bloated you know Um, it all goes into my own awareness and everything and so uh, learning how to plate your food can be huge Um, but Kind of getting into that, like how do different uh, cultures, societies, people tend to plate their food just in as we observe out in the world each day? Yeah, so I think uh, at least uh, oftentimes in the West, it's easy to have things like spaghetti or potentially mm-hmm. like casseroles or different things that kind of just have many different ingredients like all together. Yeah. Um, so they have like vegetables in there, your proteins in there, and carbs like all in one main all dish. Mixed, yeah. Which is great. Um, that's you know it's a fine way to to have some home cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make it more difficult to like know what you're exactly plating um, because it's all one item. That's true. Um, and then yeah, different places around the world just also do it differently. They'll um, some places will have multiple courses potentially, Mm -hmm. um, instead of it all at once or just different things like that. Like starting with a soup and then you have some other, uh, like the next course is kind of an appetizer and then you have the main meal. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, 
like in India the first time that I experienced that. Uh, I got way too full. I didn't know what was coming. <laughs> so I was like, whoops, that was a learning curve. Uh, but yeah, and even things that we've noticed in the eastern side of the world is, you know, often, you know, the, the staple food, whether that's rice or bread, is usually the first thing that goes on the plate. And then you fill in small portions of everything else. Uh, and so you're getting the bulk of your meal from uh, usually a carb source. And so that just changes the outcome of that diet, the outcome of the way people look in society and everything. Um, and so really interesting stuff. What about even restaurants? What's the strategy that restaurants tend to come at us with or how do restaurants give us portions? Yeah, restaurants, they want, um, they want people to be happy so they'll come back, right? And they mm -hmm. want to do it in a cost-effective way. Yeah. Um, so ways that they'll do that are like through, um, like you mentioned, French fries or like soft drinks um, or I even think of things like rice um, mm -hmm. or bread things that are um, that'll fill you up quite a bit mm -hmm. but don't necessarily provide all that much like if you think about a soft drink um, it's gonna provide you a lot of sugar mm -hmm. um, but maybe not too much else that's gonna be uh, useful for you and your goals so. yeah yeah super true like we talked a little bit about this before we jumped on this episode about how uh, you know with restaurants the the whole th it's a small business. The whole end game is how can they make an extra buck? And their most expensive things that they spend on would be protein, uh, which any kind of animal foods or anything like that, um, and fresh produce, whether that's fruit or vegetables, because those things have a shorter shelf life. Um, the carbs and fats, the oils, the rice, the breads, the the flowers and everything, um, those all have a longer shelf life because they typically come dry or they come in sealed containers, they can last longer. Um, and so they try to make as much as they can out of that. And so in a, let's say you go to a Western restaurant, like a restaurant in America, you would end up uh, getting, you know, you get a, a full meal. Let's say you go to a fast food restaurant. I'm not gonna name any specific chains or anything, but you get a, let's say you get a burger, you know, you have a single patty in there, you have a massive bun, you have a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of veggies on that. You have some tasty sauce, cause that has a long shelf life. Um, and then you have a massive thing of French fries and you can totally get the, a large drink. You can size up your drink for just a few cents more, mm -hmm. you know? And so you get super full on the French fries because those are fried goodness, um, fried starches, super filling. Um, and then uh, the soft drink um, is full of air <laughs> and lots of sugar and has usually a lot of times they have some caffeine in it and that's an appetite suppressant as well. And so you end up getting full, but if you look at the actual nutritional makeup at that meal, you're not getting, you're not meeting your like your full protein need you're not getting much fruits and veggies out of that and you're getting a lot of heavy stuff that may add to extra energy storage in, in the form of fat excess fat on your body um, or even in say like we're in India right now recording this and uh, you may order a dish and 90% of it's rice <laughs> um, you have just enough chicken or oils and spices to give it flavor, the flavor that you want that makes it authentic. But uh, the majority of it's rice because that's the cheapest thing. It helps the restaurant make a profit, and that's the way they're running their business. 
and that's what a lot of people want here often too yeah. is a lot of rice so because of those things because it makes people full and um it's a cultural thing that just happens so a lot of people enjoy that actually yeah i'm not trying to totally knock on carbs and fats uh fats are where mo- majority of our flavor is stored in food it makes it super tasty um it helps even uh, bring out more of the flavors in our spices and everything that we use and so those can be crucial um, and the carbs who doesn't like carbs right um, they're, they're always tasty um, but they're, they're carbs and fats are more energy for us if you don't need the energy you're going to store it and so we want to get a little bit into how do we actually plate our food and so we're going to give you guys some practical strategies and why some of the why behind it for how to actually put food on your plate. And then understanding the portions you need after that, then you can feel free to kind of make a mixed dish. Because uh, like Matt, you mentioned about how oftentimes people will mix everything together so it's harder to understand your portions. If you understand the preparation or what is in that mixed dish, then you can estimate your portions based off of what you see. Mm-hmm. And so let's review a really basic um calorie or portion guide for people we like to use the hand portion system because it's not a perfect system it's not absolutely accurate but neither is calorie counting nothing is completely accurate but this does um, give you a relatively accurate and reliable it's validated with research studies that you can actually use this system and it's a lot more enjoyable than counting calories (laughs) yeah saves you some time you're gonna take (laughs) your hand with you all the time you're not gonna be wanting to track your meals on my fitness pal or something like that all the time it just it gets tedious yeah yeah so let's review protein protein is the size of your palm with the thickness and the size of your palm the palm is your hand without your fingers okay um and so not that you're going to cut your fingers off or anything that that would be no fun but you uh so the size of your palm the thickness of it that's a relative size of one portion of protein for males, you end up needing more because males generally have more body structures to support than women. And so a recommended total number per day is five to six portions per day for men. And so that you can spread that across your meals however you need to. If you like to have two portions per meal, awesome. If you like to spread it out throughout the day in different forms, great. Um, for women, it's usually around four, or not four, three to four um, portions per day. Um, that's going to help women have enough protein to support everything. And why protein? Because and protein are the building blocks of life, building blocks of all of our hormones, our body structures, our functions in our body. They're all dependent on protein. And so having a higher protein diet is going to help you feel and function great. Um, and then uh, not only that, it's going to help you feel full. Protein really helps your satiety helps you feel full for longer. And so next is vegetables. What's the vegetable portion? Uh, the vegetable portion is the fist. So, um, yeah, and it's the same for like protein. So for males, if you're going to spread it evenly across your meals, you're going to want two. Mm-hmm. Um, and for women, you're going to only really need one. Um, and so, um, I know for me, that's something that I really need to prioritize, uh, mm-hmm. consistently as vegetables. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy to, um, prioritize them. You know, you think quick about carbs and proteins. Um, definitely need being those, but vegetables is sometimes harder to get in. But um, just visualizing it as a fist kind of makes it a little easier. Like, okay, well, I can get 
that in right now um, makes it a little easier to uh, to get in throughout the day. So yeah, that fist portion is is huge. So if you consider the actual size, if you're going to use a measuring cup or a scale, one portion of proteins, roughly four ounces of meat, or another uh, protein source, whether that's meat, um, egg, uh, forms of low-fat dairy like cottage cheese. Um, or it could even be beans and lentils if you're a vegetarian, your plant-based diet. Um, those beans and lentils would be a primary source of protein for you. And vegetables, that's anything that grows above the ground. We're thinking non-starchy stuff. So starchy stuff that grows below the ground like potatoes and beets, uh, those would be more for a carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. uh, but anything that grows above the ground as a vegetable, fair game for that fist size portion. That's roughly going to be around three-fourths cup uh, per portion, whether that's cooked or raw. Um, in any form, those vegetables are great. They provide great micronutrients. Imagine whenever you're eating those vegetables or even fruits, you're getting a, uh, like you're, it's like you're taking your daily multivitamin. Yeah. So after that, we have carbohydrates and fats. Carbohydrates, this is your, your breads, your grains, rice, sweets, sugar, cool drinks, soft drinks, whatever you want to call the juices and, you know, Pepsis and colas of the, of the world. Um, those are all in the carbohydrate category. Um, and then, uh, and that's the only size of what can fit into a cupped handful of a fully prepared carb. So it's not the dry form that's a lot smaller. It's <laughs> after you fully prepare it. It, what fits in a cupped handful. If it's falling out of your hand, then you're getting a little bit bigger than that portion size. Um, and then you have fat. So it's just the size of your thumb or about a tablespoon. So that's not very big because fats are dense with calories. A little bit goes a long way with those. Yeah, so the thumb I feel like is kind of, it, it provides a good picture, but for fats I feel like it can be difficult to actually mm -hmm. understand the portion because mm -hmm. if you're you know, cooking with maybe... Um, some olive oil or something mm -hmm. you're like how much really is that mm -hmm. so how have you found like to actually kind of figure out that portion while cooking while cooking it's actually use a, a measuring spoon a tablespoon or if you think of the difference if you get like a cutlery set do you get two different sizes of spoons you have one smaller spoon and one larger spoon the larger spoon is kind of more like a serving spoon but about a tablespoon fits in that larger spoon. Okay. Um, and so those are good ways of measuring. If you have an actual measuring spoon of a tablespoon or using the larger spoon of a cutlery set. Um, and otherwise, other than that, um, you would be about, um, imagine if you made a little puddle in a pan, it's, it's going to be, be able to, if you cupped your handful, it would be able to fit in that little cupped portion of your hand. Imagine that. If you can see that visual, it's a pretty small puddle. You're not going to fill the pan with oil mm -hmm. if you're just going to dump it in there. Right. So that's that's a, some easy ways to measure the fats. And if, if uh, same thing, um, so fats are nuts and seeds and oils, uh, butter, margarine, um, or like the actual animal fats that you can see um, that you may or may not eat whenever you're eating meats. Um, or even cheeses and high fat dairy. Those are all mm -hmm. in the fats category. And so those, it's gonna be the size of your thumb because if you can imagine the number of nuts, it's only gonna be around like 10 nuts, 10 to 12 nuts, depending on the size of your thumb. Um, and uh, for 
cheeses, you can kind of eyeball that and everything there. So it's a little bit easier to eyeball. And so we think of, that's the macronutrients. We wanted to review those portions for you. And so that you can think, consider that in mind of whenever you're preparing food, but also we're gonna talk about how to plate that. And so we actually gave you kind of the order right there of the order we want to put food on the plate. That's gonna help us manage our calorie intake, manage our food or diet the best. And so we're starting with protein, putting that protein portion on. What, what might that look like, Matt? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's first, like for a very important reason, like you talked about earlier, it's like the building blocks of everything for mm -hmm. us. And so um, prioritizing that first, whether you're just, you know, maybe having a chicken breast and it's really easy to estimate your portion size or whether that's mixed in something right away, it's that's the first thing that you're prioritizing. And um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. That's but. all right. It's all right. <laughs> it happens to all of us. But we're putting a protein portion on there first ensures I'm going to have that protein. I'm, right. I'm, so if I can control anything, I'm going to try to get that protein in. So that helps with supporting my exercise and my hormones and the enzymes in my digestion. It helps my brain think right and everything. All those proteins are super important. I want to get that in. Right. And also, I, I came back to me, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't get enough protein, right? Yeah. Like out of everything that we, uh, out of all the macronutrients, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, proteins are the one that most people don't actually get enough of. Mm. Um, that's why you'll see maybe, you know, protein companies offering protein shakes or mm. different things. There's actually a market for those things because people don't get enough protein. So yeah. put it on your plate first and prioritizing it is going to help you actually hit your goals. So. Yeah, and however you prepare that protein is, is fine. You want, you want it to be lean protein, means it's gonna have less fat in it. So that means that you would use you know, minimal fat, maybe you're using your fat portions to prepare that protein. Um, if, if you're making like a, some type of a curry or if you're gonna have um, beans and lentils, if you're a plant-based eater, um, however you want to prepare that protein, fine. If you wanna have eggs in some form, boiled egg, fried eggs, an omelet, whatever that needs to be, uh, mm -hmm. that's your protein. And so the next thing is vegetables. Why do we put vegetables on the plate second? Uh, well, really the vegetables, like you talked about with all those micronutrients, all those things that are gonna help your body run well. So right behind protein, that's gonna help you function well. Mm -hmm. um, they're gonna be full of water, they're gonna help you um, stay full because of that, um, like protein will. Um, and then also the carbs and the fats are a lot easier to get in, right? If mm -hmm. we um, prioritize those, you know, we may end up with that pile of spaghetti like you talked about, that's yeah. just a, a bunch of carbs. And mm -hmm. um, But having vegetables first, you know, it takes away room on your plate from all the other things that you don't need as much of. Yeah, I'm just thinking like as a guy, if I'm getting two fists of protein on my plate, you know, stack that up there, and then I have two fists of veggies, I like don't have much room left on my plate, mm -hmm. you know? And so that really by itself keeps me from having too much of the excess calories that I don't necessarily need. And however I prepare those veggies is fine, whether I have them cooked you know, sauteed or cooked down like in a curry, or if I have them raw, um, any way of getting those veggies is great. Your portion looks the same size regardless of how you prepare them. Mm -hmm. So then next we have, we kind of a bunch carbs and fats into one because based on your food preferences, 
um, or your needs, that can depend on how much you put. So you know the portions of a cup handful for carbs or a thumb uh, for fats, but how much someone choose to change the proportion of those, how many they have um, based on their preferences or their goals. Yeah, I mean, if you're someone that is um, training a lot, um, you may need more carbohydrates just to support that energy. Um, or if you're in a culture like um, India or somewhere like that, that just naturally has more carbs as part of the culture, um, you may need to adjust and maybe have less fats um, mm -hmm. and more carbs for certain meals mm -hmm. um, or different things like that. And so, um, but if carbs aren't something that um, you necessarily work well with you, if they um, upset your stomach or anything like that, you can always cook with more fats and less carbs. And so there are lots of different options. You just have to kind of explore what works well for you and what supports your goals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you made great points there. Like if you're super active, you might actually need a little bit more carbs and fats. Uh, it depends on how active you are. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're trying to get leaner, you might, the simple thing is just decreasing the carbs a little bit. And so, because the fats and the proteins of veggies are gonna keep you fuller for longer. Um, if you're reducing your fats and you're having more carbs, you might get hungry again after a short period of time. Um, and if you are in a, if you just love rice, then have rice. And we're not saying don't eat rice, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, you might wanna say, instead of having two portions of carbs, you'd have just, or two portions of fats, you just have one portion of fats and you end up having three portions of carbs. So you end up getting the same amount of calories, but you're just getting more of what you want, what you like, and what works for you. Um, if you're a female and you're trying to just have, you know, one of each, then you just half one, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you can also go into body types a little bit here. Like if you're naturally really, really thin, you don't put mass on very easily, you might benefit more from a little bit higher carbs and less fats. And you want to try to manage how much protein you feel like you can eat um, close, as close to those portions as you can get. And then if, uh, if you're naturally a little more rotund, a little round, um, naturally super built, not as, um, so you just love like weightlifting or something like that, you know, just love being strong, not moving a whole lot outside of that. Um, then uh, it might work better for you to have less carbs and have, um, a little bit more fats compared to carbs because that's going to help you stay full, keep you from snacking in between, um, and uh, your plate won't be as big and everything. So those are a few ways of uh, strategizing that. So we kind of got the idea of the portions. You want to put your protein on first, you want to put your veggies on second, and then you fill in the carbs and fats as you need according to your goals. Um, and so as once you have that on your plate, you want to make sure that you – eat slowly enough to be aware of you know when you're full once it's on your plate don't feel like you have to finish everything you can always store it in your fridge for leftovers or something um but if you're aware this stuff is filling if i fill my plate with protein and veggies mm -hmm. and i get all my portions on sometimes i'm just not that hungry i'm like way too full if i eat all of it and so giving myself permission to be like all right i want to finish my protein and veggies and if i don't finish the carb that's okay how have you experienced that in, in yourself? Yeah, I think uh, one way of seeing that is like if you miss a meal and you like eat maybe a few hours later than you normally would and then mm -hmm. you know the next meal comes up faster than you maybe think about, you're like, oh man, I'm really full. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that one thing that I would say is just be willing to like, um, if you're trying to hit a certain like 
portion number, trying to get all these micronutrients and macronutrients that you need. Um, making sure you're diligent with like every meal. So mm -hmm. maybe not pushing back lunch. It can be really easy to like start working through lunch and then maybe eat, you know, two or three or sometimes for certain people. And so that makes dinner a lot harder to actually have all your vegetables. Right. And so, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, starting early in the day and making sure that you're prioritizing everything so that the end is also successful is something that I've found can be difficult sometimes, but really yeah. helpful when I do it well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a super great point. Like sometimes it's, I mean, I struggle with the veggies too. Um, I tend not to get those in every day. Um, uh, but there's creative ways to mix them into everything, you know, putting them in your eggs, making a homemade salsa or something like that to put, put that on top of your food. There's lots of different ways to, to figure out ways. If you want more help with that, we definitely love helping people get creative with getting the nu nutrients and the portions they need. But what about like when we're, um, having a mixed dish? Okay, we talked about, let's say you had everything sort of prepared separately. You play it on your food or play it, you put the food on your plate. That's super easy. You can visualize it. You can hold your hand next to it. Um, you can hold, you can kind of estimate that. But how, what kind of tips or strategies could we have if we're having a mixed dish that has various parts to it? How do we estimate our portion needs and put it on our plate? Yeah, I think first off, if you're at a restaurant, um, it could be more difficult mm -hmm. um, to do this, but um, if you're able to like know what's going into it in the process. So are they cooking your protein with fats or mm -hmm. are they, uh, or in how much or mm -hmm. different things like that? How many vegetables are actually in the dish? Mm -hmm. um, and just being cognizant of what's going into it really help you on the back end to mm -hmm. actually know like, okay, this is probably about how much is in there. And it's okay if it's not hundred percent accurate, mm -hmm. right? Like the hand isn't hundred percent accurate either. Um, but it's just a useful tool. And so any more information that you can get to arm yourself with, to help you make an educated guess, um, is just going to pay dividends later. Yeah, totally true. Like, and whenever you are preparing the food yourself at home, that's the easiest time to know what's in a dish. So let's say you're, you're making a dish for your whole family. Like I have five members in my family. We're making it for everybody. And so when we, we prepare it, we make a certain, we put a certain amount of protein in that. Um, and then we load it with veggies, you know, and then you have other spices. You can use as many spices as you want. There's like zero calories in spices. Um, and then, so in that preparation, I can see how much of my protein or how much protein portions are going into that, how many veggie portions are going into that. And so, and then if I can think through, okay, how many people would that serve or how many servings would that create? based on this batch that I made. And based off of that, I can estimate like, okay, I'm gonna put this much on my plate or in a bowl, and that's gonna get me all of my protein and veggie portions that I need for that meal. I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're out to eat, like it's, it's good to like understand your overall portion needs um, so that if I go out to eat and have more carbs, I have like five carbs in one meal, then it's like, okay, I'll just, uh, Make sure that I don't have a whole lot of carbs in my other meals because I just don't need it uh, mm -hmm. because I have a goal of being lean and only having what I need. And so, and then looking big picture uh, can really help you be okay with what your portions end up being. Don't feel like you have to be perfect, like you said. Like if it's mixed, it's good to just kind of eyeball it, look at it, and be like, how just ask yourself, take a couple of seconds to think, how many fists of veggies do I think would be in that? Do I need to have a side salad with it? You know, or 
how much protein would be in that? How much carbs would be in that? Do I need to add anything else on the side or is this good by itself? Right. I like what you talked about with uh, being able to like mix and match meals, right? If one meal is mm-hmm. super high in carbs, maybe the next one is not. Mm-hmm. Um, just having the freedom to do that, um, I think is super helpful because there are going to be meals that are really highly concentrated in one thing and maybe don't help your goals all that much. Um, but that's okay, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's other meals coming in the future, mm-hmm. right? So you can adjust and um, help yourself hit those goals. I really like that idea. So Yeah, this is good stuff. Man, this is getting into plating our food. This is a strategy that we help every single one of our nutrition clients online understand how to do, how to get really confident about plating their food, prepping their food, so they can be in control of their diet, in control of their nutrition plan and their fitness journey uh, to get the outcomes they want. And so thanks for listening in today. If you guys really want more guidance in this, you want support, accountability, someone in your corner, then reach out to us. Reach out to us at limfit.com. Reach out to, to me on Instagram. We'll make sure that you get in with us. We'll be along with you on the way. We're excited about our online programs. Um, we even just shifted over to a new app that's much better communication for us. And so we're excited about it. And so if you would like to, to reach out to us to get more help with this, we're here to help you. So thanks for listening today, today guys. We'll catch you on the next one.